Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We were just having a hilarious off-air discussion, and we're now going to bring this hilarity to this new episode of Suggestible. We were not. We were staring off into the distance. You and Mason are the same. I'm trying to bring some life into the show. I'm trying to pretend like we don't just stare deadly at each other, dead-eyed at each other for four minutes. We ate our way through a block of chocolate. Wow. Yeah, I bought a block of chocolate for me and you're like, I don't want any chocolate. All right, stop And then you're coming in at my chocolate. Get on with the show. Okay, it's called Suggestible. We suggest things that uh, we've been watching or reading or doing or whatever to people who listen. And people also write in with some suggestible things of their own, presumably. That is correct. I yeah. am Claire. You are James. We are married. That's right. We are married. And as always on this podcast, last week I threw the format. But this week, it's Gentleman's First. Oh, I can't wait. So it's your turn, mate. What that- is the first thing you're suggesting these fine people Look at. I've got uh, I've got a couple of things today, obviously, because that is the format of the show generally to fill out this half an hour. Oh dear lord! <laughs> Sorry, Listeners, chocolate oh, in my mouth. Oh, he's burping as well. <laughs> no, I'm coughing. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about before the show that great joke, the conversation that we had, just to, just having a good time off air and on air, you know. Okay, so are you familiar with the Blumhouse horror kind of movie Sorry, production? Sorry, I was Blumhouse. staring off into a void. Blumhouse, Claire. It's sad as a death. Basically, the Blumhouse model for horror movies. Claire looks very grey today. Thank you. Wait. Uh, the Blumhouse model is that they make horror movies on the cheap for like under $10 million. They market them reasonably well, and then they go on to make like anywhere between 20 and I'm like 150 million, Seems right? It's like a good business It's a great model. model because they keep the costs low. Like a lot of m- movies make the mistake of they go, they, they go in at $150 million. Holy moly. Because yeah. I was thinking $10 million seemed like a lot for a film. No, it's not really. It's quite, oh it's quite like, and they'll God. use, they might put in like one kind of big name actor or reasonably big and then they'll keep costs down on everything else. So basically. how much do they spend on like an Avengers Movie. That movie was maybe two hundred and fifty million dollars. The last one, Moses. I think, it might have been five hundred in total. I don't have, I don't have it in front of me, but Imagine that's not uncommon. Like Star Wars would probably be about that. If it's a big movie, they really push. They'll you double that in marketing. Holy yeah! So that's moly. probably five hundred million dollars in total for a movie Just like a that. Cool. I mean, it made three billion or whatever, nearly three billion. So it doesn't. Whoa! That, but then you get movies like um, The Dark Tower. Do you know what that is? Yes. Do you really? <laughs> of course I don't. Why do I know that? <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's a movie from last year. It's a Stephen King adaptation. Okay. This is unrelated. I guess we're on this tangent though, aren't we? We've uh, fallen down the rabbit hole. I should never have asked this question, guys. Oh, Dark Tower's not in from last year. It's from the year before. <gasps> but they spent they spent $113 million on that. Nobody saw it. It made $66 million, So it's very much in, in the red. Right. So oh. then you get examples like that. Basically, the Hollywood model is there's it's either – Big or small, do you know what I mean? There's nothing in between. But Blumhouse kind of, they lean on the smaller side, but they kind of, but they're relatively big releases. Anyway, they've got this franchise called Happy Death Day, right? Oh, God. It's kind of... You are nothing but <laughs> No, no, you will like this one, I think. It's hor- It's kind of horror movie light. It's like diet horror movie, right? All right. And so, you know, there's not a lot of blood and there's not a lot of, like, gore. 
it's kind of more in the model of maybe Scream, but a bit tamer. And it's basically this girl, she, she goes to college, she's a college student, she's a bit of a bloody layabout, people don't like her because she's kind of mean, but maybe she's got some personal problems that unfold. Anyway, she wakes up in the morning, she goes through her day, she's miserable and she's ha- angry at everybody, and then at the end of the day, she gets murdered. She wakes up again, start of the same day again. It happens again. So it keeps happening again and again. It's the same. It's like it's Groundhog Day, but she's being murdered. Sounds like that Netflix show Russian Doll. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, yeah, but not as good. But yes. (laughs) But at the same time, it knows exactly what it is. And it's... You know, it's quite, it's, it's, it's like schlocky and it's kind of funny in parts. And the lead, whose name is, what's her name? Uh, Jessica Roth or Roth. It's got an E on the end. Uh, she, she's really good at playing this particular character who goes from like really like bitchy and mean to kind of learning a lesson and then also like getting really fed up and exasperated because every day she's getting stabbed or thrown off a building and she's like, God damn it. I hate this. And, uh, and so yeah. And so she has to, and every time she kind of dies, she learns something about the killer. Like where they might where they might be, who it isn't, you know what I mean? And it kinda unfolds as it as it goes. So she's it's kind of this whodunit with the added element of it's this time loop that she's stuck in which she tries to break. Anyway, there's a sequel that came out two day two days, two years later called Happy Death Day to You. That's a two and a U. Like the number oh, two and then the, the letter U. I get U. it. Yes. I get it. It's also her birthday. Two, like, anyway. T-O. You. No, that's not what I said, Claire. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy death day to you, old Jim Bob. Yes, thank you. Your grey hair is I so I wish great. it was my death day, I'll tell you that much, and then I don't <laughs> wake up again. But... I have a raspberry seed stuck in one of my teeth. That's good. That's from, from stealing chocolate. chocolate. That's what you get. Anyway, so, uh, sorry, I'm nearly done. But uh, So it's basically the same format, except the twist on it is it turns out that what's been happening is there's been alternate dimensions being created every time she's murdered. So she kind of slips into a parallel dimension, which is a lot like the first day she got murdered, but things are slightly different, like her boyfriend's dating somebody else, like one of her nemeses or whatever. The killer's different. The person who killed her last time is now like a good person in this because it's a slightly different dimension. So it deals – it's kind of like Back to the Future 2. I don't know if you've ever seen that, which I think you have. I where it have. deals with the same time period except there's a twist on it. So – I don't think the second one is as good as the first one, but I it's just look, if you want like a easy, kind of fun, schlocky horror movie that if you're not really into horror, if you're more kind of into rom coms and like a mean girls kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of that. And I think you might actually like it. That actually sounds like yeah. something I would like. Mm. When you said happy death day, I was thinking it was gonna be your usual recommendation, which yeah. was like last time the yeah, movie it's terrible. Silence. There's a there's like a mo- like there's a lot of movies like this that are like there's like Lindsay Lohan's got one called like I Know Who Killed Me or something uh. like that. But this one is it knows exactly what it is and it's kind of fun and breezy and it's huh. it's like and they and the first one made like it, they spent five million dollars on it and it made one hundred twenty million. So it's like that's the kind of movie that's, that, that's fun. kind of money that this Blumhouse model I think is just is fascinating. Anyway, and and really smart as well. Cool. So where can you find that? Uh, the first one's on Netflix. Second one I rented off iTunes or. Google Play. All right. Those, Excellent. Yeah. I actually am going to mm. watch that. Yeah. I'm on a plane tomorrow. Maybe I'll watch it on the plane. Yeah, with our son sitting next to you. Oh, yeah. No, maybe not. Claire, when I get back. you're a worse parent than me, and I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> right? What's Nobody your recommendation? What's your suggestible? All right. That sounds like a legit good suggestible. Thanks, James. My suggestible is Glow. Oh, yeah. Glow's great. Glow. I love it so much. It was actually recommended to me by Maisie X on Twitter. Thank you so much, Maisie. And... 
You know how when people recommend you things, you initially kind of go, uh, I don't want to watch it. Every some, goddamn day. Yeah, for some <laughs> yeah. weird reason, I always think, oh, no, I don't know. If I, I don't know. And you always suggest things to me. I'm always like, what? And then as soon as I watch it, I love it. And this is what happened with Glow. I have almost finished the first season mm. because I just uh, binge watched it till like 1am last night. Third season is just got released. Correct. Yeah. It's on Netflix at the moment. It is a show about gorgeous ladies of wrestling. That's what GLOW stands mm. for. It stars Alison Bray, who was Bray. in Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, like the cheese. Like the cheese, There you yeah. go, B-R-I-E, who was originally in Mad Men. And, and she, Community. And I'm community. sorry, I'm going to stop interrupting. You, you are, because you've seen this as well. Stop interrupting, let me talk. <laughs> Jeez, um, And it also has the wonderful comedian Mark Maron from the podcast WTF. Yes. And he is his signature hilarious self in this. Yes. I really am. Enjoying it. Um, it's set in LA in the 80s. Alison Bree's character, mm-hmm. Ruth, is basically an actor who can't get any work. They there's show... no good female roles as well. And yeah, there isn't. Yeah. Thanks for interrupting again. I'm just trying yes, to, I'm, I'm fleshing out. Podcasts are back and place. forth, Claire. They're not, it's not a one sided conversation you're right. okay. unless you're listening to the show. All right. He's awake, guys. Last week you were about to have a nap, but this is your time to shine. I'm ready. Okay, so there are no great female roles. Um, Alison Bree keeps getting knocked back. Great. Ruth, her character Ruth keeps getting knocked back from everything and so then she kind of stumbles into this audition of like of misfits of women and mis- who are misfits in Hollywood um, and it's for a female wrestling show Mike Maron's character Mike Maron's character is the director and it kind of just goes on from there it's so surprising how touching it is yeah as well as hilarious it's very funny the pacing is brilliant mm. what I really loved about it though is it's created by Carly Minsk I'm going to say these names wrong and Liz Flahive and those two are the showrunners. And I heard an interview with a couple of the actors, one in particular, Gilpin, who plays the gorgeous blonde character, uh, Debbie, mm. who's kind of like the hero to Alison Bree's character's like Russian terrible, what yeah. is it, Zoya the Destroyer wrestling I, you, When you like, you loved the show. And then, but then when they're actually doing the wrestling, you're like, why do people like this? Yeah, why why is wrestling a thing? Yeah. I've never really understood it before. And then it kind of explores in the show how actually it's just a soap opera. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. and you it's, blew my mind with that. Yeah, it's like realize. it's like a soap opera. It's like an it's like an ongoing series. It's like anything. It's like the Marvel universe. It's like Anne of Green Gables or whatever. It's an ongoing <laughs> narrative. Little women. It's like Little Women, which had a new trailer this week. And let me tell you about they reg- they should call a regular soap women. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does look – actually, that trailer for Little Women does look really does, awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so I, I suddenly am starting to learn about why people are so into mm. wrestling. I didn't realize it was all for show. People don't actually get hurt in it. It's not boxing. People do get hurt. Oh, they do? <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. yeah Some, but sometimes more, they die. It's, uh, oh, God. Yeah. Really? There's a guy a few years back, uh, I can't remember which, one of the Hart brothers, I can't remember which one, he, fell, he was getting lowered into the ring and he fell and he hit <gasps> his head on the turnbuckle and died. Oh my and the God. whole crowd is like – Boo, get up. Because you don't know what's real. No. And an ambulance rolls in and people think it's all part of whatever. Because yeah. that kind of stuff happens all the time, you know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyway, he dies. Stage. Yeah. Oh, God. But it's a lot of like, you know, like they have heart surgeries because they've, they've, you know, a lot of them from the 80s in particular had a lot of steroid abuse and things like that to get that big. And yeah. a lot of just bad knees. There's a movie called The Wrestler with Mickey Rock, which covers a lot of Anyway, sorry, go on. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like a competitive sport in like... Injury-wise, that is like it's okay, you, but it's you, not that, like you're not punching them. 
No, but it's, it's but more it's, kind of staged, it's, But right? it's very physical. Yeah, it's it very taxing. Very, yeah, yeah, and you see that in this. The, the women are really trained hard yeah. to become quite muscular and kick-ass, which I really, really love. Mm. Most of the bosses are, and the producers on this are women. So it's created a completely different environment. Yeah. And Gilpin was talking about how, as an actor, she had to re-examine the way that she acts in front of male directors and men in general and how often it stifles creativity. And I found that completely, for me, when I'm often sitting on a panel and it's me, I'm the only girl, Mm. I immediately feel unease and I feel kind of restricted. And I'm not saying that I'm the same as like those actors in a a big Hollywood TV show, but it does stifle your creativity in a way. And she said that because it's such a female-dominated set, you immediately relax and it's a different environment, which means that you are no longer feeling like the male gaze on your body in the way that you move your body, in the way that you say things, in the way you can ad-lib. Yeah, it's right. It's just okay. this, like, freedom that they, that the women kind of experience. And you can see that in the TV show because of the way that they interact with each other, the way that they, like, Alison Brie doesn't have to be sexy in this at all. In fact, yeah. she's quite unlikable. Well, and there's even a line where he's like, are you good-looking or not? I can't tell yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And she's quite a sexless character. Like, she has an affair in the very mm. first opening kind of scenes which shapes the rest of the series. But other than that, she's really quite a sexless character. And that kind of freedom just creates this sort of warm, welcoming vibe. Or not even, I don't even know if it's welcoming, it's kind of, it's safe. You know what's really women? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's really good about her in particular? Like she has been kind of framed that way before. And she's really good. Like she's been good in a bunch of stuff, including like community and and, And Mad uh, Mad Men, as, as you mentioned. But she's really good at acting like a bad actor. And yes. then do that. That layer always impresses me when you know she'll do like a like a monologue, and then she'll kind of have an actual, real, like genuine moment within the show, like directly after. And yeah. it's really impressive the way that she can kind of switch, isn't it? Because bad acting, I'd imagine. I don't know anything about acting. It must be such a fine line to kind of tip over into kind of ludicrous. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and then on a hairpin, she can go from being terrible as an actor to being yeah brilliant mm. and brilliant as a bad actor becoming a good actor yes. as well yeah. she then because she kind of owns her character and and finds this kind of wrestling what is it zoya the destroyer persona yeah yeah persona and that's great to see on on screen the persona thing is interesting as well because a lot of the most famous wrestlers they go through a few personas like the you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson he was the rock but before that he was something else i can't remember what it was and they kind of find their way and once you pick once you land on a character that kind of resonates with audiences it really kind of takes off you like develop this this, narrative for the audience and this whole backstory yeah absolutely yeah yeah. that's what really fascinated me about it yeah anyway i highly recommend checking out glow it's really really awesome i've only seen the first season so when you get up to two we should watch it together yeah yeah. we never watch anything together we never do anymore and i stopped watching the handmaid's tale as well we were watching together it was too intense for me one other thing I will say about Glow is it made me cry. It did that thing where it makes me laugh so much and the pace of it and the timing and editing is just great. Yeah. Like there was a shot in the last episode I watched where Mike Marin kind of at the very end of the scene kicks over a coffee cup. The coffee kind of rolls onto the ground and he goes, ah, fuck. And then he 
stubs out his cigarette into the spilt coffee and just walks off. Mm. And it's it doesn't need to be there. It's nothing he said about it. It just moves on to the next scene. But it is just such a great yeah. way of showing his like general mental state he's, and not give a fuckness. He's great. Have you we saw him in we saw him when he was in Melbourne once. Do you remember? We went and saw his comedy show. Yeah. He was at Tim do. Tams on stage or whatever. Yeah. 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 He's awesome and his podcast um, yeah. was one of the originals. Yeah. Amazing. It was, yeah. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right. What's your next suggestion? Uh, my oh. next one, I was going to talk about this last week, but I hadn't, I just finished it and I kind of wanted to sit on it a bit to kind of uh, think on it. Uh, it's called Euphoria. It's a show, I believe it's HBO, but it might not be. I should have looked into that. Anyway, it uh, stars Zendaya, who you might know as the new Mary Jane from the Spider-Man movies. Yes, she's yeah, great. She's great. I she's really, really like her. I really like her in that movie and also in this movie, but less so. They're not the same character, but she's really she's really funny and kind of and like mean and sharp, <laughs> which I really, really enjoy. Also, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting, this is unrelated, but in Spider-Man, it's she's quite tall and she's clearly taller than Peter Parker, but they don't put him in lifts like they do for like <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow, who like they make him the same height. Yeah, we, anyway, I think oh, yeah, that's a funny do little. Do that in yeah. those movies, which yeah. is ridiculous. Often she'll be barefoot and he'll be in like Iron Man boots or whatever. But anyway, uh, Jacob Elordi, who plays like a bully in it, uh, Maud Apatow, who's you know uh, Leslie Mann and Judd, one of Judd Apatow's because uh, girls. She's like 21 now. But uh, anyway, if you've ever seen Skins, it's like, uh, which is yeah. a British show which is focuses on teen drama and things like that. But not just like, not teen drama in the sense of like, I don't know, like the OC, I guess. It's more kind. It's, it's very gritty. Right? It's very gritty. It's like, yeah. so Zendaya's character is, is, she's a drug addict and she grew up um, and she was diagnosed with like OCD and a bunch of other things and. She lost her father when she was a teenager, and so she, this leads her into like substance abuse, where she's just taking any and all pills or whatever. So it's her and her mum and her younger sister, and so it deals with things like that. There's there's a couple of uh, transgender actors in it as well, which kind of weaves into the story, but not in like a not in an obvious and kind of I guess kind of cliche way. I guess you know what I mean, where everyone seems to be aware that this person is transgender, but it's not really it's, it's not, not a not big the main it's not the main thread. focus. Of, it's more yeah. like this character. Is, is kind of beyond that, which is really interesting. Yeah, well, that's like in Booksmart. Um, yeah. Like the girl, I can't remember her name now, who is one of the lead characters is gay, but it's not yeah. the main plot line. It's just like a side it just, note. It just is. Yeah. And there's, and there's like people struggling with their sexuality. The, the bully in particular who's in this is just this terrible like jock character who just seemingly he's really cunning and ruthless and just kind of gets away with stuff. And there's kind of this, this hint towards – is he gay or is he bisexual? Does he like and and you can, that kind of feeds into the anger and the the things that he does. You kind of get you get the sense of why he's doing it, even though he's terrible. Uh, and it deals with like pornography and how that plays a role in teenagers' lives. And when you grow up with it, how does that affect relationships? You know, because if you watch if teenagers watch a lot of pornography as you know when they're yeah. little, it 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 kind of can bleed over into what they think is normal 
into into real life. You know what yeah, I mean? Which absolutely. is a problem in schools, which, yeah. which we've it's a experienced huge in schools. Thing. Yeah. And I actually said to a friend the other day that I want to talk to my son about porn. And she looked at me and was like, he's three. And also, that's disturbing. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I know that sounds weird, but it's because boys, especially often their first, and girls too, but particularly young men, their first idea of what sex is is porn. And that mm. is nowhere near what actually makes for a healthy sex life and no, nowhere not, near what women like. And certainly need. not the first thing you want to be doing with somebody. You no, know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. And it just and it, it gives these unreal expectations for women of what they should look like and how they should act. And yeah. also guys want women to enjoy it and instead they're watching this stuff and they none of those moves yeah. are actually enjoyable for women. It's like it's positioned know? for the camera and whatever and what yeah. looks best and yeah, yeah, Whatever. exactly. But it's also like people sending like nude selfies to each other and how that affects – and it becomes like almost like a currency in this show, which which it is. And that's something we taught primary school, but you, you, you hear – you know, we hear a lot of it in from people who, who either go on into high school or, you know, we've got friends who work in high schools and it is a problem, you know what I mean? Yeah. What I always – I used to do this lesson with my kids was I'd show up, I showed a picture of Katy Perry with no makeup on, but it was Russell Brand when they used to date or when they were married, posted online and was online for like 30 seconds, but it's online forever. And they're like, oh, that's funny or whatever. Like it, but it's like if anything you put on your phone or anything ever digital – it's a, you may as well just assume that everybody's going to see this. That's how you should approach everything you put online, you know? Yeah. And there's kind of there's, – there's shaming and, and people being stuck in their, in their roles and their jobs and just being a teenager and it, and it sucks and people getting away with things that shouldn't be getting away with things. But aside from all that, aside from all that, it's just a really beautifully made show and in terms of how it's structured and the storyline and the characters and the relationships between each other. But also some of the shots are just spectacular. I showed you one in particular where Zendaya takes, I can't remember, a drug and then walks down a hallway and the hallway spins and she kind of climbs the ceiling and as it rotates around. But all the people in the room don't move. And I'm looking at this shot and I couldn't work out how they did it. And it turns out that they kind of tied everybody down and spun the whole room. That is insane. And so they look like they're not moving while she's kind of doing a loop of the room. And it's just incredible. It's it's eight episodes. It's going to get a second season. But it's just spectacular television. That being said, it's really grim and you'd probably hate it. Uh, but it's but I it's be able to handle yeah, but it's real it's really excellent. It's probably right. one of the best shows I've seen this year. Oh yeah. wow, that's a big call. Okay, and I'm... Leonardo DiCaprio likes it. He said so in an interview recently. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I wonder if he'll review the Weekly Planet soon, like Macaulay Culkin did. Maybe they will. <laughs> Maybe he will. Maybe they both will. Maybe they won't. Maybe yeah. they won't. Who knows? So anyway, oh well, there you go. Okay, and that's on thing? Netflix as well. No, that's on. Hulu, I think it's on Foxtel here, but it's on HBO. All right. Overseas, okay. yeah. So, I definitely acquired it illegally in answer to your question. Oh, God, no, don't say that. No, the, legally, the I said. No, oh, I said I got legally. it legally. All right, legally from Google Play or iTunes or one of those many yes. spots. Yes. All right, well, that actually ties really well into my next recommendation. My suggestible is a TED Talk by, yeah. They I still know. do those? They do. Oh, they still boo. do them. <laughs> I actually, a couple of months ago, was very lucky enough to go to the Sydney TED oh, yeah, Talk Expo thing, which was incredible. And I watched all these amazing speakers, and it reminded me again how much I love TED Talks. Occasionally, when I'm feeling kind of down and out, I just like to go in and Google, like, I don't know, depression, and then yeah. see what comes up. Or just, they just have such fascinating people talk on TED Talks. They do. Anyway, 
This one um, is by a girl called Eve Blake, and that's. I just y- want to point out, I did, I didn't steal it. It's, it's like a, you can stream it after because the, the season was finished. It's neither here nor there. Okay. But okay. just in case people, well, like, I'll definitely steal a thing, but this thing I did not steal. <laughs> it's about, <laughs> yeah. it's, you can get it. Okay, I just I'm don't glad. like Foxtel. Nothing dodgy. No. Nothing sus is happening here. It's all good. Okay, right, I'll be stealing stuff. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to point that out in, ca- in oh, case you know. Lord, you just interrupted me. I apologize. Keep going, please. I apologize. You, yeah. Are you sure? Are you done? And another thing. And then- <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. All right. Eve Blake does a TED Talk called Fangirls, which on the outset you think, why do I care about this? You should. It's awesome. She deep dives into the phenomenon of fangirls and those, you know, those kind of amazingly obsessive girls who who follow like the Beatles, say, and that kind of screaming fan of, I don't know, One Direction or the Spice Girls and and how they kind of fall head over heels and they will just do anything for those kind of guys. Yeah. In bands like that and how she kind of realised that over time women are perceived, particularly young women are perceived if they're obsessed in that way as crazy. But then when you think about young men that go to the football and they scream and cry and yell yeah, over the their thing, fan, yeah. over their, like, you know, favourite soccer hero, it is exactly the same thing. Everyone's a nerd about something. Exactly. Um, but women, particularly young girls, are often seen as hysterical rather than kind of, like, boisterous or, you know, just yes. a fan. So she deep dives into that and it's really, really interesting. It's also very funny. She interviews a lot of different fangirls. She talks to young girls who are obsessed with like Harry Styles and the phenomenon of how like he vomited on the side of a freeway within 15 minutes there was a shrine. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear he turned down the role of Prince Eric in uh, The New Little Mermaid? I did hear that because yeah. I've got my ear to the grindstone. How do you feel about that? Ear to the, I don't know, something. What's your ear to the, the grindstone? I don't know. I always mix my metaphors. Say. I'm very tired. I do cope late at night. We should find an optimum point for we this. Should. I don't know when we it should. is because we both peak at different points we during do. the day. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, God. Anyway, I always am listening for Disney news and I did know that one. Yeah, so <laughs> it's really great. It's a TED Talk. She has also created a musical, which oh. is incredible. She's a singer as well as a musician. And I interviewed her for Just Make the Thing, my podcast. Then that'll be coming out soon this week as well. But the is that musical, out this week? Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, the musical um, that she's written and stars in, oh, my God, she's so clever. It's out in Brisbane and Sydney uh, in September and October. So you can get tickets for that if you're lucky enough to be in those cities. And I just so reckon you should jump on board. Tim Minchin, that Australian guy who created Matilda, is one of her mentors and saw her performing something and just like fell hell over heels and said she was brilliant. The great thing about Eve Blake is that she's all self-taught. So she's an actor, yeah, right. but she's she's a great singer, but she never mastered music and never learned how to kind of read music or play an instrument exactly. So she's created this musical with really complex, gr- like incredibly amazing scores all through using a computer program. Right, she, okay, yeah. So she's like, clearly just got an ear for it. Yeah, she's yeah. got an ear for it and painstakingly put this together and layered it and it's just funky and hilarious and loud and raucous and joyful and covered in sequins and glitter. Would you say so, give the TED Talk a listen, sure, and the musical if it's in your area, but maybe check out the top podcast episode where you talk to her about creativity and such? <laughs> yeah, but I think you should listen to the TED Talk first. Yes, Go yes, yeah, TED that's, I'm also saying it's that, short. Claire. It's only like a 10-minute TED Talk. Oh, thank God. She came out in a full sequin bodysuit and it was yeah. just like the best thing ever. So, there is that yeah, definitely, really like there it. is definitely that episode. And there's also people who are like, 
There are because there are like manic, crazy fanboys as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she talks but to them is, as well. She kind of yeah. looks at why people become obsessed but, but it is with a like thing a of celebrity. Like, it, it's, it's hysterical when often when it's associated with women, like talking like Beatlemania. It's like, look at all these screaming women or yeah, whatever. Yeah, aren't they know? ridiculous? Yeah, but men screaming at football is fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And going above and beyond and like punching yeah. each other to over like, you know, what yeah. color their teammates wear or whatever. Exactly. And also, exactly. like I said before, Maybe I said this today. Did I say this? Everyone's a nerd about something. You already said that. You say that a lot. That's your like. Did I say this particular episode though? Yes, you did. Oh, good. I know. Just repeating yourself in your old age. (laughs) Oh, well. So that's who I would recommend. We're nearly coming to the end of the show. Thank God. I have one more cheeky recommendation. Can I sneak in? What's the time? Look at the machine. 27 minutes to go. I know. I'm sneaking it in. Okay, so this is a book that I'm reading at the moment. It's called You Will Probably Survive by the Lauren I mean, not Dubois. in the long term. No, no. It's actually a parenting book, which I know kind of sounds boring, but it's hilarious. I've tried parenting books. Yeah, I, I know. Can't. Me too. But it's not that kind of parenting book. It doesn't give you any advice on how to do anything. It's just funny. It just goes through all the ridiculous things that people tell you about parenthood and then just debunks all of the myths about sleep and all the BS goes through being pregnant and your expectations to like having a baby and then having a toddler. And she basically just talks about how freaking hard it all is. And it can you give me an example of like a thing that she debunks? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I will say she talks a lot about how people are always going on about sleep routines and like before you have the baby, how you get given books like this stupid book called Save Your Sleep, where you're supposed to like get up at 6.45 exactly and feed your baby. I mean, and that works for some people, obviously. Well, it does. And that's exactly what she says. Like it works for some, not for others. Yeah. We kind of started with things like that and then we were just like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just do what we... Yeah. And that's kind of what she says. Um, Mm. So... That's kind of her shtick, really. Mm. And just like the whole idea that you have this idea of what you'll be like as a parent and then the reality of it is your child pooping on your dog or something and you're running around just like just in a total flap and panic and not being able to Just to clarify, our child has never pooped on our dog. No, he really never has it. But I just thought it would be a funny analogy. But like it's just – it's just – Really nice to read if you're someone who's got a a small child, if you're about to have a baby and you just want to hear all the stuff that nobody tells you. Yeah. You know, all the really warts and all, not beautiful Instagrammable pictures. um, I think I've discouraged some people from having kids from just being like, people lie to you. And I I didn't – I was on a note, you know, I I didn't think that going in it would be easy. But it's harder than in ways that you don't expect, I guess. Yeah. And so without, like, explicitly telling people, because you really can't. It's one of those things you can only truly experience, whatever. (laughs) But, yeah, it's I've discouraged people by being like, people lie to you. People say, like, birth's magical and whatever. It's horrible. It's like being in a horror movie. Uh, Yeah, and look, some people do have those magical unicorn births. And that's what she says, too. Like, all this comes with, like, a disclaimer, because there are those magical unicorn babies that sleep through the night, and some women do just, like, pull their babies out and have this, like, wonderful yeah, but then they orgasm as they're, like, doing it all and it's just these roses and they Kids grow up to be, to be ice addicts, though, generally. Yeah. Who knows? But she said, but they're the rare people. Do you remember when <laughs> – I'm sure you remember when you were giving – when you were in labour. No, I've like, forgotten. And you're like, put yeah, on – of course I do. And you're like, put <laughs> on – Put on that 
that the music that oh, I want. Oh, my relaxing, it. like, birthday. And as soon as I put it on, you're like, no, fucking turn it off. <laughs> no. I'd rather nothing. I'd rather just hear my own screams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My one memory of that whole birthday is, like, me being in yeah, this the is worst outrageous, of my I whole say. life. And, well, I was on, I ended up with so many drugs on board and all these things, and I look over and you're eating a chicken burger. I was eating a big sandwich. <laughs> a big chicken sandwich. I just That's want, my one memory, and I remember thinking that, God damn asshole. I want to specify, we went, we went there at like four in the morning, and it was like maybe two or four in the afternoon. I have no idea. I hadn't eaten all day. Yeah, it was and, like I, and the nurse hours. said, go and get a Go and get something to eat. So we got a chicken, <laughs> a chicken sandwich or whatever. I didn't just disappear. It and was go a chicken the burger, and you were sitting there with your feet up on the side of the bed, chomping away. I loved it, mate. Mate, it was brutal. Anyway, she and talks a lot about that, about the difference between the reality and the uh, expectations, and how funny it is, and how the things that you say before you have kids, like. Oh, our kids will never watch television. Or like, our kids will only eat healthy meals made by a unicorn lady from the side of the road or something. I would not buy Organically any food from well, a unicorn woman from the side of the road. I don't know. I make no sense at this time of that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just great. And if you've got someone in your life who's just had a baby. I do, but we've got to wrap it up, Claire. We don't have time for these shenanigans. And she, you should also go follow her on Instagram, the Lauren Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S. It'll all be linked below. Sounds good. She's now, fun. She does lip sync battles they're awesome fantastic she stole that probably i'd imagine from other isn't that tiktok doesn't matter hey listen claire listen up (laughs) listen up do you have any do you have any recommendations of the people who have written in i certainly do i'm just getting them while you're doing that i'm just going to say if you want to review the show you can do it right in app this is from bobby bobby bobs 64 it says wife approved this is one of the few podcasts my wife will listen to with me the weekly planet is too nerdy for her and do go on as too many simpsons references both of those are excellent podcasts, by the way, that they've said. Anyway, I love the chemistry between Mr. Sunday Movies and Claire Tonti. It's like they're married or something and have gotten some pretty solid recommendations already, e.g. I am mother. So he's picked one of my recommendations, obviously, because why wouldn't you? Because I know what I'm talking mm, about. Mine are the best. Well, he didn't, he didn't mention he didn't mm. mention anyone. My brother also said, I liked your podcast. I listened to watched I am mother. I'm like, what about my recommendation? Anyway. All right, I've got one from Aaron Filler. Thank you, sir. I know you guys liked Fleabag. Check out Back to Life. It is another short six-episode BBC dark comedy drama and is very good. I think you'd like it. I'm looking at this now. Ooh, that sounds right up my alley. I really am into that. But what is it, though? Aaron Filler. What do you mean, what is it? He just told us. Yeah, I know, but specifics. BBC dark comedy drama. Uh, Miriam Matheson returns from prison after 18 years and attempts to integrate back in her old life. Ooh, okay, interesting. Directed by Chris Sweeney. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another one here. David Molofsky of AP2HYC on Twitter says, James, if you liked making comics by Scott McCloud, you should check out How Comics Work by Dave Gibbons, oh, 90, yes. and Tim Pilcher. Another great book about making comics and can be enjoyed by non-comic creators and creators I saw alike. that. That's a great recommendation. I will check those out. Correct. Exactly. Also, I have another awesome review from someone. Okay. This guy is Native Son Indie. I don't know. Anyway, well said. He says, the cow story is worth it. Love these two's chemistry. Both will crack you up. And the cow story in the You Can't Read a Horse episode made me laugh so hard I broke out of an anxiety-filled funk. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That is a solid story. That's great. Well, yeah, it's true. 
It's, it is, actually. It's completely true. It's a and true you, story. Yep. Listen, you'll have to listen to the last week's episode to find out about the cow. All right. We've really gone over time How much week. time are we at now? We're at like 34 minutes. This is outrageous. We need to end the show right now, forever. We've oh. broken what this show is about at its core, and that is not going over 30 minutes. Goodbye forever, everybody. Oh, we'll, be back next, we'll be back next this. week. We'll be back next week. I enjoyed it. It just has to be four minutes shorter next week. I've got more recommendations. We're doing 26 minutes next week. No. I'm at Mr. Sunday Movies on Twitter. Send us some stuff. I'm at Claire Twenty on Instagram and at Mr. Sunday Movies on Twitter. And you should follow us on Ad Suggestible Pod. And I need to go to bed. Good night, everybody. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 